Good morning, family. Thanks for joining me today. This summer, we're working our way through Matthew's version of the life of Jesus. In particular, we're listening to Jesus do some of his best teaching about what life looks like when we follow him. He calls it the kingdom of heaven. Last week, we learned that Jesus's agenda is often different from our agenda, which prompts the question, how are we aligning our agenda to Jesus's agenda, right? How diligent, how passionate are we about pursuing the ways of God? Well, today, let's look again at the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13. Hear the word of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is like a tiny mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but becomes the largest of plants and grows into a tree where birds can come and find shelter. He also used this example. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a woman making bread. She takes a measure of flour and mixes in the yeast until it permeates every part of the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure a man discovered in a field. In his excitement, he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and get the treasure too. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. He discovered a real bargain, a pearl of great value, and sold everything he owned to purchase it. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a fisherman. He casts a net into the water and gathers in fish of every kind, valuable and worthless. When the net is full, he drags it up onto the beach and sits down and sorts out the edible ones into crates and throws the others away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the godly, casting the wicked into the fire There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand? Yes, they said, we do. Then he added, Those experts in Jewish law who are now my disciples have double treasures from the Old Testament as well as from the New. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Do you have a treasure? What is your treasure? I have a few treasures. My my family and friends, they're a given, right? But if you know me, you know that I love books. I have a rare first edition book from the 18th century. I also have one from the 19th century. Plus, I have my baseball card collection. Those are just a few of my treasures. What is your treasure? Is your treasure an accumulation of money? A healthy bank account or a robust retirement fund? Is your treasure a beautiful house? Is your treasure a family heirloom? Maybe your treasure is a loved one, a spouse, a child, or a grandchild. What is your treasure? In a world where bigger is considered better, where materialism reigns and fear has gripped so many of the comfortable people, this question matters greatly. What is your treasure? Way back in the Old Testament, there was a king of Israel named Solomon. His treasure was his wisdom. It really was a great gift. It's a treasure we wish for anyone who has responsibility over other people, right? 
the wisdom of Solomon, was so renowned and respected that it became a part of the mythology of ancient Hebrew people. But as marvelous as the gift of wisdom is, it's not enough. At least that's what the New Testament tells us in the Gospel. According to Matthew here, Jesus continued his teaching on the kingdom of heaven. Matthew collected all the sayings that Jesus used and laid them out for us like freshly discovered treasures. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. We've all watched a tiny seed sprout and grow and produce leaves and flowers, haven't we? There's something mind-boggling about how such a disproportionately large plant can come from a tiny little seed, right? With that in mind, one person who possesses the love of God can share that love with hundreds of others. One person who gives love instead of hate can generate results that are similar to those of a tiny mustard seed that becomes a huge bush. Have you ever baked bread? That's another great example of the power of birth and regeneration. To put a very small amount of yeast and water and flour and then watch it rise and expand and fill the container is another one of life's wonders. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus said. There are times when we who try to do the will of God, who dare to be different and not be swayed by all the fads and fears and follies of our society, can feel very alone. Listen for the voices for justice and peace. How many do you hear? Listen to the voices of those who say obedience to God is more important than all other allegiances. How many of these voices have you heard lately? Jesus told us that such voices, voices that belong to the people of the kingdom of God, are like the yeast in the flour. Don't lose heart. The kingdom rises and spreads and changes everything it touches. And by the way, the kingdom of God touches everything. And even though the yeast is hidden, even though mercy and justice cannot be seen, their work is done. The next two images in today's gospel are even more emphatic. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field for which a man sold everything he owned in order to buy it. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl, not just any pearl, but a pearl for which a man had been diligently searching. And once he found it, he liquidated all of his assets so that he could have it. Do you get the point? Everything, and I do mean everything, pales in comparison to the great treasure of belonging to God's great kingdom. To know the love of God, to know that our God is a God of mercy and justice, that he's a God who cares for the poor and the hungry and the dispossessed, is to belong to the kingdom of Jesus proclaimed to poor people 2,000 years ago. This is the greatest treasure, Jesus said. And he was talking to us, too. The knowledge of God is so life-giving that in order to possess it, we must be willing to give up everything else for it. That's why Jesus said the man went and sold all that he had and bought it. These parables, based on the experience of the simple rural people who gathered around Jesus that day, made sense to them. Do they make sense to us? There are times in life when we feel weak. We feel afraid. 
Sometimes we are so burdened or so sick and frightened that we are unable to pray. Do you know that feeling? Well, don't let that stop you. Because over in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us that it is the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness. It is the Spirit who prays for us and with us with sighs or groans too deep for words. This is the season of Pentecost, and we should remember that the Apostle Paul understood the power and the centrality of the Holy Spirit in the life of someone who follows Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who points us to our treasure. It's the Holy Spirit who helps us in our desire and search for it. It's the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. And only through the Holy Spirit are we able to understand the depth and height and power of our treasure, the love of God in Jesus. The assurance of Paul, the great missionary, who found his treasure, gave up everything for it, and never left it, rings through the ages. Be of good cheer, because nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle Father, you are the hidden treasure. You are the pearl of great price. You are the whisper in the breeze, the calm voice within each storm, the lamp inside our darkness, and the guidance along the road. You are the one who occupies the God-shaped hole within our lives that no other can ever fill. Help us to seek you and to find you. Give us the wisdom and the courage to give up everything to join you, to embrace you, to hold you. Help us to love the things that you love and to be made angry by the things that make you angry. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today. I really do appreciate you taking the time. I hope these words were helpful to you. And if they were, will you like, review, and share this episode? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and benefit from these devotional thoughts. By the way, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section, and then be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love, and everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. Right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.